0: Hello and welcome to your daily Star Trek news from the Roddenberry Podcast Network. I'm Allison Pitt, and today is Friday, August 30th, 2019. On today's show, a survey of fans shows that Star Trek fans love Star Wars, too. Jason Isaacs says a theoretical return of Prime Lorca should happen when people least expect it and the VFX team from the Orville detail how they created their Emmy-nominated Space Battle. All this plus the answer to Tuesday's trivia question and your weekend staying in playlist, coming up next. So listen, you're a Star Trek fan, right? What a coincidence, so am I! But what else are you into? According to a study by The Morning Consult and The Hollywood Reporter, chances are you're into Star Wars, too. A tip of the hat to Star Trek.com for this story. They highlighted it on their website this week, which is good because I completely missed it back in July. Morning Consult, a survey firm, teamed up with The Hollywood Reporter to ask 2,200 U.S. adults what popular franchises they were fans of. Responses included things like Marvel, Fortnite, Harry Potter, and of course, Star Trek. Then they charted the responses on a grid to determine how much one fandom intersects with another. The results revealed possible avenues by which creators could appeal to wider audiences in their marketing. Quoting the piece, the data shows that Marvel and Star Wars have the biggest overlap with other fandoms. But while video game Fortnite was at the bottom of the list in popularity and subsequently last in crossover appeal, it has been able to capitalize on fandom overlap through collaboration with more popular franchises. According to Gene Del Vecchio, an adjunct professor of marketing at the University of Southern California and author of Creating Blockbusters, Knowledge of where these fandoms cross over can help studios determine how to market upcoming releases. Beyond tailoring trailers to similar movies, for example showing a preview for the latest Star Wars film before a new Marvel release, executives can also use fandoms for social media targeting. But what does the data tell us about Star Trek fans? In this study, in terms of fandom size, Star Trek fell right in the middle. It's bigger than Game of Thrones, for instance, but smaller than Harry Potter. Star Trek fans were likely to say that they were also fans of Marvel, DC, and Lord of the Rings. Perhaps surprisingly, though, the fandom that a full 88% of Star Trek fans said they were also a fan of was Star Wars. As for other fandoms being Star Trek fans, Doctor Who fans were the most likely to profess love for Trek as well, followed by Lord of the Rings and, again, Star Wars. One hopes these figures will help answer the age-old question, Star Trek or Star Wars? Because the answer seems to be both. Jason Isaacs doesn't seem to be ready to give up his place in Star Trek just yet. In an interview with Sci Fi Wire this week, while discussing the cancellation of his show, The OA, the conversation turned to fan theories, and those about Star Trek in particular. Sci Fi Wire asked Isaacs whether he spent time reading fan theories, and he responded, The sensible and cool thing to say is no, I just do the work and move on. But the answer is, I read every single punctuation mark and syllable. It's exciting to know that people are as engaged imaginatively in the show as we were when we were making it, and particularly the projects I care about. Isaac said his favorite fan theory pertains to the whereabouts of the Prime Universe counterpart of his character from Star Trek Discovery Season 1, Captain Lorca. He said, Mostly the thing about Star Trek is people want to know where's Prime Lorca, because Mirror Lorca swapped, so obviously Prime Lorca's somewhere. Did he die? Is he alive? Will we ever see him again? Isaacs continued teasing. The answer is, it's Star Trek. If you know anything about Star Trek, everything is possible. It should happen when people least expect it. He also revealed that he knew about the big Lorca twist in Discovery right from the beginning. I knew everything, he said. If you watch it more than once, and I dare say that most Star Trek fans have watched it more than once you'll see that I drop a million breadcrumbs and clues all the way through. Star Trek Discovery Seasons 1 and 2 are streaming now on CBS All Access and other services around the globe. And Season 1 is out to rent or buy on home video now. You can watch Jason Isaacs in his latest role as the voice of the Emperor in Dark Crystal Age of Resistance out on Netflix today getting you set up with your weekend podcast playlist in just a moment. But first, a word from me. Daily Star Trek news is supported entirely by my patrons through patreon.com. Today is my last show of August, which means that if you were on the fence about joining up, now would be a great time to do it. Patreon starts charging patrons on the first of the month, so pledging your support today, makes sure that your contribution can start making a difference straight away. To find out more, please head to patreon.com forward slash daily Star Trek news. That's patreon.com forward slash daily Star Trek news. And a big thanks to you for supporting this show. The final round of voting for this year's Emmy Awards closed last night. For nominees, it's now a tense wait until September 14th and 15th when the awards will be given out. For those of us who can't be there in person, the award ceremony will be aired the following Saturday, September 21st, on Fox. Star Trek Discovery was nominated for a total of four awards this year, main title design, prosthetic makeup, sound editing, and special visual effects. In the category of special visual effects, Star Trek is up against its cousin of sorts, the Orville, whose team was nominated for their work on the episode Identity, Part 2. Sci-Fi Wire had a piece this week in which they interviewed the Orville's VFX producer, Brooke Noska, and digital effects supervisor, Brandon Fayette, about how they made the big space battle scenes come to life. In the episode, Identity Part 2, the crew of the Orville must take on a fleet of Kalon warships, intent on eliminating all biological life. It culminated in an immense space battle sequence whose scope and ambition wouldn't be out of place in the next Star Wars film. In the sci-fi Wire piece, Noska and Fayette revealed that the battle sequence was only meant to be two minutes long, but the pre or rough animation was so impressive, the series executive producer Seth MacFarlane called for it to be expanded into a ten-minute sequence. Keeping all the action straight ended up being a challenge for the VFX team. Quoting the sci-fi Wire piece, In order to maintain maximum narrative clarity, Fayette uses a lot of camera handoffs, something not often done in space films, he said. In the Star Wars pictures, for example, we might see the Millennium Falcon attacking other ships, but then the action will cut back to inside the Falcon, and the next time we're outside again, we're looking at a different part of the battle. In the Orville universe, Fayette keeps the tracking clear. If one ship blows up, another flies by and the camera follows that one into the next stretch of action. In order to achieve that, Fayette went so far as to name all 70 ships involved in the battle, and kept track of each one throughout. I had to make sure we didn't blow up the USS Quimby twice, he said. To watch the impressive Emmy-nominated scene for yourself, You can watch The Orville Series 1 and 2 on Hulu Now. Now it's time to get you set up for the weekend with the latest podcasts from across the Roddenberry Podcast Network. On Women at Warp this week, the crew bring you a pair of interviews straight from STLV. Jacqueline Kim, who played Damora Sulu in Star Trek Generations, and IDW's prolific comic book writer, Mike Johnson. On Mission Log, Kira and Odo get sidetracked while returning to DS9 from a Bajoran colony, only to wind up with Kira's foot, then her whole body encased in suffocating crystal. Meanwhile, Nog is bucking family tradition by trying to join Starfleet. If only he can get a reluctant Commander Sisko on his side. Ken Ray and John Champion put the Deep Space Nine episode, Heart of Stone, into the Mission Log. On Mission Log Live this week, Mike Rothschild joins John and Ken. Mike's a debunker of conspiracy theories and fringe beliefs. Or maybe that's just what he wants you to think. Listen in while they figure out how to deal with conspiracy theory in the world around us. Critical thinking? How about critical fun? On this week's Mission Log Live. Or maybe a bit of a zombie apocalypse is more your thing. On Shabam, the Nox virus spreads, and we find out how much we rely on digital communication. And on Priority One, the team are catching you up on the week's biggest news stories and the latest in Star Trek gaming. Finally, very exciting lookout next week The Trek Files is back from hiatus with their first ever special edition. It's the recording of Larry Nemechek's interview with The Cage director, Bob Butler, that he conducted at San Diego Comic-Con. I was in the room for that interview and I can tell you firsthand, it's definitely one you'll want to hear. Head over to podcasts.roddenberry.com for all these shows in one convenient place. Now, you've waited all week, So what is the answer to this week's Trek trivia? On Tuesday, I asked you, Sulu's first name was not invented for Star Trek VI. It was given as a nod to fans who had been using Hikaru as his first name for nearly a decade. But in what body of work did we first learn Hikaru Sulu's first name? The answer? The novel The Entropy Effect by Vonda McIntyre. Incidentally, that's the same book in which we first learn Uhura's first name, Neyota. But that one wasn't acknowledged in canon until the Kelvin timeline film Star Trek in 2009. For more Trek trivia, tune in next Tuesday. That's it for today's daily Star Trek news from the Roddenberry Podcast Network. For more great Star Trek podcasts, be sure to check out podcasts.roddenberry.com. This show is supported by people like you, patrons through Patreon. Find out more and add your support at patreon.com forward slash daily Star Trek news. If you'd like to get in touch with me, just shoot me an email at info at daily Trek or find the show on Twitter and Instagram at daily Trek news. I'm back on Tuesday with more of the Star Trek news you need to know. I'm Allison Pitt. Have a wonderful long weekend and live long and prosper. Podcast.roddenberry.com, the Roddenberry Podcast Network.